I'll be the first to say I know nothing about sports betting or gambling for that matter. But I do know that in the buildup to the launch of legalized sports betting in Louisiana, anytime I was near a screen or a billboard, there were all kinds of ads and commercials about sports betting. Chances are you saw and heard the same thing. We also saw plenty of the first family of New Orleans football. I just love the look of the Caesar Superdome. It was all Cleo's idea. She's the brains behind Team Caesar. Yeah, we knew that. Caesar tells the jokes around here. Now, which one of you legendary quarterbacks is going to pass me the gravy? Uh, I said legendary. It's okay. Here you go, Caesar. Thank you, Eli. And I have to remind myself that Jamie Foxx won an Oscar for playing Ray Charles. Because in the last few years, I only saw him in spots for sports betting. The overs, the unders, the underdogs, and the upsets. Oh, yeah. In January of 2022, the legal kind of sports betting in Louisiana became reality. The media blitz behind it sort of calmed down after that, but my curiosity about it did not. Because I knew so little about sports gambling, I kept asking myself, what is this all about? I get the basics of it. You're betting on football, baseball, basketball, and other sports, and you're trying to win money. But then I started hearing about sports books and parlays, all of it Greek to me. But I didn't have to know Greek to understand that with all the marketing and commercials I was seeing, there's got to be a ton of money involved, and I wanted to find out how much. So I decided to go to Baton Rouge, to the person who regulates sports betting and practically all other forms of gambling in Louisiana, to get some schooling. Turns out he's not an expert in sports betting. My name is Ronnie Johns. I'm the chairman of the Louisiana Gaming Control Board. It's not my job to market or promote the gaming industry. It's my job to regulate it. You yourself know very little about sports betting. Like, have you actually placed a sports bet yourself? Never in my life have I ever bet on sports uh, betting. Uh, as I grew up as a young man, uh, uh, I can remember people talking about bookies, and uh, so sports betting's been around for forever. We, it's 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 not like it's some new phenomena; uh, it's just legalized now. So, uh, actually, I had one bookie tell me one time, "You're trying to put me out of business, <laughs> Mr. Chairman." I said, <laughs> "I said nobody'll ever put a, all the bookies out of business." So, so uh, how do you how do you feel being a person who's never placed a sports bet, being kind of the guy regulating sports betting. I think my legislative experience taught me a lot about how to do things the right way and do things the wrong way. Before he became chairman of Louisiana's Gaming Control Board, Ronnie John spent more than 20 years as a state lawmaker. He's from Calcasieu Parish in the Lake Charles area. In 2021, he left his seat at the state legislature to accept an appointment by the governor to be the head of the state agency that regulates Louisiana gambling. With billions of dollars tied up in gaming, Let's just say John's got a thorough background check. My confirmation process through the Louisiana Senate took over six months of work for me to get through the confirmation process. So state police knew more about me than I knew about myself, I think. And uh, Let's be fair. I mean, for all intents and purposes, you're dealing with gambling. And I think dealing. that comes with a set of perceptions and understandings. And right. People who are placed in these positions, especially with Louisiana's long storied history of corruption and its 
reputation with corruption, you have to have the right that, people in place. That's right, and and that's why I think we have some of the more stringent gaming laws in the whole country, you know, today. So I'm proud of how we've done things uh, here in the in the short time that I've been here. And Johns can joke a bit about his work, but it's really serious because there's some serious money at stake. Interesting regulatory work. You deal with lawyers all day long, and uh, sounds exciting. People give me condolences on that, but seriously, <laughs> I've really met some some great people, some smart people, and uh, it's a very interesting industry to work with. I think it sounds interesting, at least just from an outsider's perspective, because you're dealing with money, lots of money. It seems like absolutely, yeah. it's a multi multi billion dollar a year industry. Here in Louisiana, uh, let me me share with you how big it is in Louisiana today. In terms of of revenue to the state of Louisiana, uh, for years, oil and gas was the big thing here in Louisiana. That's what was the primary source of of private industry uh, uh, taxes and fees that came in to help fund the state budget. Uh, Today, uh, oil and gas has been surpassed by gaming. For example, um, in last year's state budget, over a billion dollars of our state budget came from gaming, all forms of gaming, in contrast to oil and gas, which brought in less than $600 million. So uh, while oil and gas was the king daddy, as I used to call it, of of state revenue at one time, uh, gaming has surpassed that. It's about 10% of the state general fund now, which is a significant amount of money. Some of that significant amount of money now comes from legal sports betting in Louisiana, which was approved by voters through a statewide referendum in 2020. 55 of the 64 parishes in Louisiana said yes to legalizing sports betting. Not long after he took the job as the chairman of the Gaming Control Board, Johns had to oversee the rollout to sports betting in the state. What were your concerns going into the launch of sports betting? First of all, um, I was appointed in July of, of, of 2021. Uh, the legislature had adjourned at the, uh, in June of 2021 and passed the final legislation. And it was handed to me and said, okay, uh, go implement it. Uh, not intimidated, but I will tell you overwhelmed. Um, you know, a lot of people thought that you could just flip a light switch and say, okay, we're gonna start sports betting today. But we started meeting, uh, I started meeting immediately with state police and with the Attorney General's Office, gaming divisions, and, and we came up with a game plan. Uh, I will tell you that the interest was, was so intense that people were calling almost every day of the week saying, when are we going to get it, you know, and why can't, why can't we have it now? Our commitment was we're going to roll it out as fast as we can, but we're going to we're not going to roll it out until it's absolutely ready to go. And, and, uh, and we, we did that the right way. I'm, that I'm proud of. Uh, I've had other states that have, have talked with me uh, directly, have met with me directly, of how we rolled out sports betting. Could you share a little bit of that? I mean, for a state that didn't have sports betting before a certain point in time, when you implement something, what are some of the considerations you have to put in place? Well, uh, there, there are a lot of uh, what we call internal controls. And that has to do with uh, following the trail of the money. And, and it's all done, of course, with technology today. But 
you, you've got to make sure that there are internal controls are in place on, on, in terms of being able to follow the money. One of the big things that we had to deal with here, as I mentioned earlier, nine parishes voted no on sports betting. So we had to uh, come up with a program from a technological standpoint, geofence those nine parishes out of the system. To basically block them or prevent that's, bets from happening that's, or sports betting that's from happening. That's correct. And not just those nine parishes, but uh, people from out of state who try to get into the Louisiana system. Uh, we have to make sure that the technology was working correctly. State boundaries is one thing, but to do it with nine parishes and, and, and primarily nine rural parishes where on one side of the road it's going to work, and on the other side of the road, it's not going to work, and um, it's that it's that accurate. We we literally met with a, a, a company called GeoComply. Uh, they are the state-of-the-art uh, company around the country that's doing uh, the geofencing today, and, and they have done a phenomenal job for us. Um, so they, if I'm on a sports app and I go into one of those nine parishes that didn't vote for it, those apps are disabled. You can't do anything sports betting-wise on that's that. That's uh, exactly right. It's uh, if you're in one of those nine parishes, and and what's interesting is we the technology will show a lot of people in those nine parishes continue to try to bet from their devices. Is that happening right now? It, it happens. In those I, areas absolutely. To uh, look over final four weekend. Over final four weekend. Um, last spring, we had over 6,000 hits from those nine parishes of people trying to bet from those nine parishes that, that could not, could not uh, get into the system. So uh, what, what can they do? They can get in their car. They can drive into a, a parish where it's legal and place their bet. According to Johns, that happens a lot. So there's two types of sports betting. Retail sports betting, where you physically go to an actual casino or a place that's licensed to take a sports wager. And then you have mobile or online sports betting, which is what all those commercials have been bombarding us with. Oh, yeah! Yeah! In his neck of the woods, Johns lives in Sulphur near Lake Charles, there's plenty of interstate gamblers visiting from Texas. They have no legalized gaming over in, in, in Texas but they flock to Louisiana. <laughs> so you can come in. I mean, in the Lake Charles market, the Lake Charles market is estimated that 83 to 85% of their entire business base is coming out of uh, either Texas or other states. A lot of Texas plates in Lake Charles. A lot Charles. Of, on the weekend. It's just, I live there, so it's amazing, just bumper to bumper to bumper traffic on a Friday afternoon and Sunday afternoon going back to, uh, to Texas. They, they come. And they bring their money. I think the most famous story around is is the big better from Texas, uh, Mattress Mac. Jim Mackingbale is a furniture salesman from Houston, better known as Mattress Mac. In an old school commercial, he's actually wearing a mattress while talking. Hi, folks. This is Mattress Mac, and I'd like to talk to you about one quarter of your life, six hours a night you spend in bed. If your mattress is older than 10 years old, older than 10 years old, pick it up and throw it out. And he's placed huge bets here in Louisiana. But he literally has to drive into the state of Louisiana uh, in order to, uh, to place his bets. 
So uh, for the Super Bowl last year, he ended up betting a total of $9.5 million on the Cincinnati Bengals to win. And uh, how did he do that? He drove across the state line for his first bet, which was, which was $4.5 million. Uh, there's a rest stop uh, at right across the Texas-Louisiana border, and he drove there, um, uh, got a, a soft drink out of the machine, and uh, placed a $4.5 million bet on his phone and went back to Houston. Uh, two weeks later, uh, he placed another $5 million bet uh, uh, on uh, Cincinnati. Uh, he, he actually flew into Lake Charles uh, on that occasion and uh, by helicopter and, uh, and placed his bet and then went home. Mattress Mac lost that bet, which was a win for the state of Louisiana. The state benefits when, when the customer loses and, and the licensee wins because we... So when the house wins, it's... When the house benefit. wins, that's what we can legally tax. We won a lot of money uh, from, from Mattress Mac on the Super Bowl last year. It's kind of interesting what happened in that game. Uh, the, the, the spread on that game was three and a half points. Uh, Los Angeles only won by, by three points. Had, and if you remember, Los Angeles missed uh, an extra point. Had they made that extra point, They'd have won by four, and they would have beat the spread. So a lot of people were, were in Louisiana were betting on Cincinnati because of Joe Burrow, the Joe Burrow phenomenon, and, and Jamar Chase. And uh, so the, the, the patrons, the betters, actually did very well uh, for, for the most part because most, most people will bet the spread. Uh, Mattress actually bet the line which means that he just bet straight up that Cincinnati would win. Losing that bet didn't stop Mattress Mac. But ironically, he came back and he bet on, he started in May betting on the Houston Astros uh, to win the World Series. Um, He placed an initial bet here uh, in Louisiana with Caesars, uh, a $3 million bet at 10 to 1 odds uh, that the Astros would win the the World Series. Uh, He ended up betting, I think, a total of around... $15 $15 million, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, and guess who won? Astros won the World Series. He, he does a huge promotion in Houston with his customers, saying, you come buy furniture from my stores if whoever uh, I bet on wins, uh, if just like Houston Astros won, he said, I'll give you up to $3,000 back on your purchases. And, and so... Um, he's a salesman he, at heart. He's a salesman at heart. So I actually visited with him in Lake Charles a few weeks ago at the opening of the new Horseshoe Casino there. We talked about his, his, his winnings, $75 million. So I asked him, I said, said, Jim, how much did you actually rebate back to your customers at your stores? He said about $38 million. Then he smiled and he said, but you realize how many of those people took that three thousand dollars and came and bought more furniture from me? So, so he's a, he, it's a but, brilliant piece of marketing. It is, but he he's he is actually uh, he's an icon in Houston. He he's very benevolent. He does a lot of charity work. Uh, when Hurricane Harvey hit, he opened up every one of his stores and let people who were uh, out of their homes come and literally sleep on his furniture. Having a character like Mattress Mac in the story of Louisiana's first year of sports betting makes it more memorable, but Johns didn't need help in that department. The amount of money wagered was enough. 
So for the first year, there's been a little over $2 billion actually wagered in Louisiana. That's not winnings. Uh, that's what was wagered. Uh, but People what, placing bets. That's, that's correct. It's a Winning lot of money. money. Uh, it's, it, to be honest with you, it, it, it surpassed my expectations. What were your expectations? My expectations was around $1.3 to $1.5 billion. That's what I, you know, just kind of looking at other states, what they had done in similar sized states. And, you know, we have to take into account that we got a lot of people coming in from Texas and also Mississippi. I forgot to mention that. Mississippi has had sports betting before Louisiana did, three or four years before Louisiana did. Mississippi okayed it, but they only okayed, they only uh, implemented retail sports betting. Mississippi still does not have mobile sports betting today. Which is really where the game is in and your that's eyes. That's it. So we, 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 we do have a lot of people coming in on the east side of the state into um, from Mississippi to place mobile sports bets. So what does that equate for the state of Louisiana? Uh, as of today, uh, it's generated a little over $30 million in revenue to the state. The state legislature has a long list of where the tax revenue from sports betting goes. 25% uh, of the winnings goes to early childhood education. 10% of, of the winnings uh, of the tax revenue coming in is going back to those 55 parishes that voted yes. It goes back to local government. 2% of it goes into what's called the Behavior, Health, and Wellness Fund. That is the compulsive gambling program that we have here in Louisiana. Another 2.5% is going to Horse Purse Supplement Fund. The purse is for the, for the horses. And then another 2% goes into what is called the Disability Affairs Trust Fund. Uh, any remaining funds goes into the state general fund. As we are today, I have not seen the uh, December final numbers yet, but uh, we do know that the, the first full year of sports betting will generate over $30 million revenue to the state. Compared to the $2 billion wagered, it, it seems small. If it, you're talking thirty million, it does. But but uh, you know you got to realize in that two billion, a lot of people are winning. <laughs> you know they're beating the they're beating the uh, the, the house on that. So we uh, we only tax what is actually won uh, by the licensees, and uh, uh, so you're always going to have uh, a significant amount of that two billion or whatever that number is going to be in the future. Uh, is is being won by the, the patron, by the customer. Were there any bumps in the road in, in the first year or any surprises to you in, in launching this? No, and that's what's, that is what knock is on so, wood, huh? so, yeah, knock on wood, so gratifying. Um, we get, occasionally we get some complaints that are filed with the board, and when we do, we I don't care how small or trivial they may be, we turn them over to the State Police Gaming Division, they investigate every one of them, and then they give us a report back. Almost all of the complaints came from people who had used the promotional play. Uh, if, you, if you know, you watch every uh, hour on TV, there's an ad about um, sign up with uh, our sports betting app, and we'll give you $1,000 of free play or whatever it is. I heard at some point these companies were actually going, I don't want to say debt, but the amount that they were offering far surpassed what people were actually putting into their company or placing bets because of what they were offering. That, 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 is, that is true. Uh, um, 
and 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 I, I don't have the numbers because we're you know we, we don't regulate what kind of profits these companies make or don't make but that is that is true but a lot of times people didn't understand how promotional play worked they thought if they I got, certainly didn't if they got a thousand dollars put into their account that they could take that thousand dollars out no you've got to bet it and and so we've had a we had a few complaints on on that and and as we explained it to the uh, complaint and uh, everybody was satisfied but we've had we've had zero um, uh, situations where the geofencing did not work uh, we we've not had one breach of the security of the geofencing uh, and you can monitor that live anytime right yes we we actually monitored live right here in the board office and uh, I, I think uh, the only real surprise I had was the popularity of it you know it was just just hugely popular the the first year it remains to, to be seen what year two will bring whether it will taper off or will the market grow or, or not what johns is pretty certain won't grow or won't make a comeback is the casino buffet first of all it was a victim of covid when the pandemic hit and all the casinos got shut down all the buffets got shut down and and even when they were uh, able to open again um, nobody, uh, I don't think, and I think this was nationwide, uh, nobody was reopening their buffets at that time because of, uh, of the pandemic. People, yeah, communal, communal eating wasn't very in. That's exactly right. But uh, what has happened then, and I don't know, to be honest with you, if there's a buffet left in a casino in Louisiana today, none of them, to my knowledge, have reopened their buffets because they were lost leaders. They were losing money. Every every property told me that they lost significant money on their buffet. They used it as a lost leader. They used it to bring people into the property, and uh, but they were losing significant dollars. One of our larger casinos, who I'll, I'll leave it unnamed, told me they were losing $7 million a year on their buffet. On so, a buffet? On a buffet, yeah. Wow. So, you know, it was a huge casino, uh, very popular, uh, but they um, – I just don't, I think the the days of buffets and and casinos is 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 a thing of the past and and I'm sure around the country there's some that have reopened their buffets but in Louisiana to my knowledge there are no buffets uh, that are open at this point in time. But the sports betting you believe probably has replaced that the areas a that lot used of to them, have housed the buffets uh, are now for sports I, betting. I would say the Golden Nugget and Lake Charles took their their area, which was the buffet area, and and that's where they built their sports book. So uh, they're utilizing that that square footage on their property uh, for other entertainment uh, venues, whether it be um, whether it be uh, additional restaurants. I know La Berge and Lake Charles. Uh, they didn't use it for their sports book, but they, they did enter into an agreement with a very popular Russian from your part of the state, Dragos. And there's a huge Dragos in, uh, in La Berge and Lake Charles, so they seats over 400 people, and it's been hugely popular. So they replaced their buffet with the Dragos. So I think you're going to, you, you can see uh, uh, other venues are utilizing their square footage in those properties for. Safe to assume nobody's going to be starving at a casino. Right, right. <laughs> Even with all the hype surrounding sports betting, 
The $30 million of tax revenue coming from it is comparatively small. But it's only been one year. What other gaming is there, like video poker? What did video poker bring in? Video, just, just so people yeah. have a point of reference. Uh, in terms of revenue to the state, uh, video poker probably brings in $300 million. Uh, I'll just use that as a, a pretty good estimate because it fluctuates. Uh, it, it brings in a significant uh, amount, but the taxes on, on video poker are... Um, far higher than sports betting. The number one source of money, of course, is going to be the casinos. Number two is going to be video poker. Sports betting, I guess, would, would fall you know, uh, under that. Can I get your impression of just the amount of infrastructure and material and mechanisms that surround sports betting? I mean, hell, the Superdome is now the Caesar Superdome. Correct. And yeah. are you kind of amazed with just how much stuff is associated with sports betting because for the average person like me I, I see it on television I see billboards it's everywhere it, it is absolutely everywhere and uh, there, there 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 are a couple of concerns that we do have and I'd like to share those with you uh, and and the board is is it, we're working on these and, and and not just not just Louisiana but this is all across the country um, one of them is e illegal, uh, illegal sports betting. You know, for years, and as we grew, as I grew up, uh, we had bookies. That was how illegal sports betting uh, happened. But in the last uh, few years, probably the last 10 years or so with technology, uh, there's been a huge proliferation of illegal offshore sports betting going on. These are platforms that are set up somewhere outside of the United States. And, and people will be able to get on their, on their computer and, and sports bet. The problem with that is that they're, they're totally not regulated. First of all, there's no revenue that comes from them. But even beyond that, they're, they're not safe. They're not, they're not regulated. If you, as a customer, place a, a large bet with an illegal offshore account uh, and you win that bet, there is no guarantee that you're going to get paid. And Not to condone it, but isn't there a level of expectation that when you're dealing with something like gambling, there's going to be some level of illegality or criminality? In absolutely. And we know for a fact that people have won significant bets with these offshore accounts, and they're, they're, not, getting, they're not getting paid by those people. So uh, what are you going to do? I've had a couple of people call me and say, Mr. Chairman, what can, what, what can you all do about uh, me not getting paid? And I said, all I can tell you is hop on a plane and fly to Europe or, or to the Bahamas or wherever wherever you're dealing with and see if you can get your money. But and on a serious note, no, we, we there's nothing that we can do about it. And so that uh, that is a major concern um, with with sports betting. Uh, and there's a lot of discussion of that going on on the federal level right now. How to how to deal with that. The, the other concern is uh, from a, a responsible gaming standpoint. Uh, sports betting is, is intended to be recreation, okay? I've got $100 that I can afford over a weekend. I'm going to bet that $100. If I lose it, it's not going to change my life. It's not going to change my family's life. But, but anything to do with gaming, there's, there, there are people that are going to be addicted to it. 
And, and so that is a major concern of the industry, not just from the regulatory side, but also the industry itself, that they know that they have an obligation to the, to the sports betting platforms all over the country to make sure that it's done in a, in a responsible way. So, But to be fair, it's been fairly common knowledge that casinos and large gambling companies those organizations tend to entice people to, for all intents and purposes, stay addicted because that's where they make their money. There, there, was, there, there was no doubt, uh, I think, a time uh, in, in this industry that that, that, was the, uh, that was the direction that they went in and that they said, you know, the more we can get out of somebody, I guess the, the more money we're going to make. But I, I will tell you, I attended a conference in, in Las Vegas in uh, – October. It's called G2E. It's the largest international conference in the whole world. There were over 25,000 people there. The number one uh, issue discussed in, in virtually all aspects of, of the whole week there was responsible gaming. The industry and the American Gaming Association has come to the realization that um, there's got to be some parameters set in, in, in responsible gaming. And so we're having conversations with, uh, with, the, with the platforms. And when I say the platforms, uh, every license in the state can um, utilize two platforms. Um, they can utilize, uh, say, FanDuel and DraftKings. We have BetMGM. We have the Caesars. Uh, Caesars has their own sports bet app. Uh, those are the platforms. Uh, so we're having conversations with the platforms on responsible gaming, and they're using technology now and algorithms to identify uh, those people who uh, feel like there is a gambling uh, or, or gaming problem, a compulsive problem with, and, and they have a responsibility to, uh, to shut those people off. How difficult is that given when you have something that is prolific as sports betting, yes, the state is benefiting somewhat when you take a look at some of the revenue generated and where the money's going to, but you will always have the other side of the argument that says that's not worth the destruction of a personal life, a family life of countless people. And how, how difficult of a balancing act is that when it, you're dealing it, with it, this? It's, um, it's a difficult uh, balancing act. There's no doubt about it. Um, that's why I mentioned earlier about the fact that the people of the state voted uh, for all forms of gaming. And when that the legislature said, you're just going to go do it and you don't have any say-so uh, uh, about having it or not having it, um, there's always going to be a debate about whether it, it it's beneficial to the state or or all the or the social impacts that it has uh, 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 negates the 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 you know the the financial benefits that it brings into the state of Louisiana. Um, uh, you know, it's it's been around for a long time. I guess it's going to be here for a long time. And considering an overwhelming number of parishes voted for legalizing sports gambling, what John's is saying sounds like a safe bet, even for me. In Baton Rouge, I'm Tan Trung for WWL Radio.